This is the Black and Blue Report presented by ABC Insurance Agencies, a better choice for insurance. Now from Studio B or wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Daniel Sellerson. What's going on? Welcome into the Tuesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. I'm Daniel Salerson here on Studio B on the campus of the Saints and Pelicans off Airline Drive. Hope this Tuesday finds you well. Beautiful day outside here in the Crescent City in the 80s today. Spring weather is upon us, and I'm a big fan of it. So hope you all get the chance to get outside a little bit today. And if not, you should be going to the Pelicans game tonight as the Pelicans welcome in the Memphis Grizzlies, wrap up a three-game home, stand a chance to sweep the homestand, and uh, keep their eyes on the prize of trying to reach the playoffs. Now just four back as the Nuggets lost last night to the Houston Rockets and a win tonight against the Grizzlies will put you three and a half back of Denver with the Nuggets playing the Cavs tomorrow. So by Thursday, Pelicans could be looking at just three games back of the Nuggets with 11 to go. Of course, they had the big win over the Timberwolves on Sunday. They've scored over 123 points in three out of their last four games. So the offense is starting to click for this team. And we'll learn more why the offense is clicking with Jim Eikenhofer from Pelicans.com. He'll chime in, as he always does, on this Tuesday and get you ready for tonight's ball game. We more don't focus on tonight's ball game, but just kind of the big picture on what's been clicking and the last 12 games for New Orleans. On the Saints side, we'll also talk free agency with John DeShazer as the Saints have been making some moves in the last couple of weeks. And reportedly, another deal is close to being done with Manti Teo. Of course, you'll hear officially from NewOrleansSaints.com when that deal has gone final. So we'll talk to JD about that as well. So we have a great show for you. Let's get started. Up next, we'll talk Pelicans with Jamaican Mike Offer from Pelicans.com. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report. The future is bright for your New Orleans Pelicans with the addition of all-star DeMarcus Cousins along with Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday. The time is now to become a Pelican season ticket holder. Those locking in their seats by Friday, March 31st will take advantage of the price freeze and also receive a food and beverage gift card worth up to $600. Call 504-525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com today and win the night. We all know Saints fans are humble, hardworking, likable, and the most devoted fans in the league. All of that takes energy. The energy you get from a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Saints fans everywhere. Try the delicious Chunky Chicken and Sausage Gumbo. Just visit your local Winn-Dixie and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup. The hearty way to fuel your game. And the official soup of the New Orleans Saints. It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report. Tonight, the Pelicans welcome in the Memphis Grizzlies to round out the three-game homestand. And joining me now, of course, is Jim Eikenhofer from Pelicans.com. Jim, two straight Tuesdays now. You're in here uh, getting ready for a home game. It's nice, isn't it? This is pretty good. It's pretty convenient. I know there's another Tuesday home game later in the season so yeah they the nba schedule maker really uh cooperated with us on that you know that's what you know when the league submits the schedule to us and we send them back we don't worry about holidays or anything like that we worry about tuesday black exactly. report so exactly we finally got what we want though <laughs> 
because we haven't had one of these since December, besides last week. Yeah, that's true. You're right. That's been that's quite a long drought, but it, it's it's great to be here. And people are complaining about back to backs and resting players. I think the main issue is we need to talk about Tuesday black and blue report segments. Am I exactly, right? Exactly. Exactly. We'll have to bring that up with Adam Silver. <laughs> but Jim, let's talk about this Pelicans team who've won four of their last five. Uh, their three of their four highest game totals as far as points scored are in these four wins. Uh, what's been clicking for this team right now? I mean, one thing that Alvin Gentry's talked a lot about all season, but especially lately, is that you got to make shots. And as, as simple as that sounds, it's the stretch that they had right after the All-Star break and right off the trade, there were a lot of guys that were not making anything. And so the shooting numbers were low. You had a few games where you scored in the 80s, and everybody was kind of scratching their head. Um, I think it's not just the shooting, but, I mean, lately – you have guys like Solomon Hill, who had a 30-point game recently and has been playing by far the best he's played all season offensively. The addition of Jordan Crawford, which happened you know, early March, he continues to play well over his six or seven games that he's been here. And I also think that there's been some improvement in chemistry from just, again, being together longer. Yeah, they added a couple new pieces and a huge one in DeMarcus Cousins, but um, I think some of this was coming as far as Solomon Hill talked about how there's you know six or seven guys in the rotation that have been here all season. So I think some of that is starting to pay off as far as the the familiarity and, and guys that have played together all the way back since um, you know September training camp. What's been different with Solomon Hill? Why has it been now that he's starting to kind of get things going? Is it just more aggressiveness? Is it just him making some shots? Combination of both? I think he's been more aggressive and he's he's – the basket opens up for you when you get to the rim and when you get some easy shots, you get some layups and dunks. Um, he said this a couple times recently, and I totally thought it myself before he had mentioned it, that he was getting into the mode sometimes of just taking spot-up three-point shots. And although a lot of them were open, you still it, it's a lot harder sometimes to get into a rhythm if that's all you're taking, especially if you're missing. If you start missing a couple of them, I think, you know, the – you can get a little tighter and you can start to kind of wish the shot in instead of taking a natural, um, normal shooting motion. So I think the biggest thing, and maybe the Memphis game right before the All-Star break was the first time we saw a lot of glimpses of this, is that when he's not just relying on jumpers, and he's an athletic guy. We've seen him have some pretty incredible dunks this year. When he when he goes to that more, he he, he tends to shoot threes better as well, and I think that's a big part of what's happening recently. How much does guys like Solomon Hill and Jordan Crawford help as far as getting things going? It seemed like the problem before was you would have AD put up his numbers. You'd have DeMarcus put up his numbers, but no one else around him was putting up numbers. Now when I'm going over the box score after every game, I'm saying five guys in double figures, six guys in double figures. Is a lot of this too just other guys are starting to contribute? I think so. I mean, one of the things about Jordan Crawford that has been really impressive is – He's also creating his own shot. So where there were stretches where the offense was was not producing good numbers at all and getting held under 100 or even 90, um, and it was a lot of it was it seemed like it was a ton of jump shooting and a ton of inaccurate jump shooting. I mean, not only has Jordan Crawford shot really well, like in in off when he plays off the ball, but it seems like he's been also able to to get his own shot, and that's been a massive help to the offense to have another guy that you know you don't have to run you don't have to run him off like five picks or whatever you don't have to just rely on his spot up shooting um so that i mean he's been just a great in-season pickup in every way 
Alvin Gentry's been tinkering with the starting lineup at first. It was Wayne Selden in there, Hollis Thompson before, a couple 10-day contracts starting at the two. Last game, it was Tim Frazier at start at the point guard position and Drew Holiday at the two. How much uh, did you like that? Will we see that from here on out or at least in the next few games? I think we will see it um, short term, maybe longer, depending on the results of what happens in these games. But, I mean, I think it worked out perfectly in the Minnesota game because even though people always look, a lot of times look at points, um, Tim Frazier had eight assists and zero turnovers. So when you factor in your starting point guard did that, and you, as a team you scored, what, 123 points? I mean, that's that's perfect. That's exactly what you – you're looking for and you can't ask for more than that so yeah i would i would think i mean it's who knows there might be changes based on matchups or that kind of thing but i would think that you stick with that until you it's it's proven that you shouldn't does it also maybe help drew holiday a little bit that uh we saw him score i think it was 21 points in the win kind of you know he's a great shooter and this kind of gives him a little bit more open shots and he's really good off the ball as well. Do you think this kind of is the best of both worlds for both Frazier and Holiday? Yeah, I think so. I, I think one of the things that allows Drew to do a lot more, and he showed this in the third quarter of the Minnesota game, is just go out there and score and not worry about setting people up, not worry about distributing, um, worrying about you know who's getting their touches. That was really more on Tim when Tim plays point guard to be the guy that runs the attack and make sure the ball gets spread around evenly. Um that was another thing they did great in that game was there was five guys who shot who took between 11 and 16 um, attempts from the field. And even though you say, like, okay, there's two all-stars and you want them to take the lion's share of the shots, um, it seems like recently you've seen the results of how much better the offense is when it is more of an evenly distributed offense of uh, as far as shot attempts go. I want to flip the script a little bit because I've been seeing a lot of back and forth on Twitter between Pelicans fans and – I get the conversation, but usually I don't allow the word, the T word to come up here on Black and Blue Board, and that's the word tank. <laughs> but the Pelicans are in a very similar situation as they were two years ago, except there are more teams in front of the Pelicans this time. But two years ago, when the Pelicans made the playoffs, there were four back with 11 to go. Mm -hmm. Right now, they're four back with 12 to go, but Portland's in front of you, Dallas is still in front of you, and Denver's still in front of you. A win tonight will get you within three and a half back. Jim, I've just... I'm not getting annoyed, but I don't understand the premise. And I just want to kind of put it to bed. This team's not going to tank. They're not going to tank them as the playoffs. But give me a reason why fans should, you know, focus on this team making the playoffs, even though it could be a long shot, instead of trying to tank for that potential number three pick that might not even be there. I mean, to me, it's about what you have to build on. It's about what you can you can point to going into next season and saying – hey, we accomplished this, we showed this, here's here's where we can go from here based on how we played in the last 20-something um, games after the trade in, in particular. But also just it's great. it would be great experience for a lot of guys on the team. Um, Anthony Davis only has four playoff games that he's played in. Um, DeMarcus Cousins has zero. Um, a lot of the other guys on the roster have either haven't been in, in the playoffs at all or haven't been there in a few years or maybe they were on the team in 2015. But other than that um, – they don't have a lot of, um, you know, they haven't been tested in the postseason, that kind of thing. So um, to me it's that. But the the part about, and I totally agree with you, that it gets it gets exhausting listening to people talk about how they want to tank or how they want to the team to lose um, games. But just, I mean, overall it's just 
it's a situation where, I mean, to me, it's just not realistic to think that you're going to have good odds. I mean, they already have 29 wins. So, I mean, we could get into more of the specifics of that, but it is, it, it is, <laughs> it is frustrating. And I can say this though. You said you want to put it to bed. You're never going to be able to put it I to know. bed with the fans. I know. Because <laughs> I feel like we we hear this. You could start out a season like it's gotten to the point where it's so absurd. You could start out a season, say, two and five, and you'd start seeing tweets from people saying, oh, they need to tank. Yeah. It's like people are so – the people who are into that are so obsessed with it that you. I've gotten to the point where I feel like I just can't – I can't talk – reasonably with them they're it's they're not going to listen my thing is my mentality is i don't like going into games rooting for my team to lose like i'll never right. get to that point i'll never get to the point yeah like, i don't understand i'd rather potentially you know tank for a guy that might not even work out in this league instead of potentially missing making the playoffs like why wouldn't you want your team in the playoffs no matter what their chances are because being in the playoffs is better than not being in the playoffs that's can, just my opinion can i say this too and i don't mean to offend anyone that is on this uh, on the side of the fence or like lives and dies by it. But to me, it's pathetic. Mm -hmm. I mean, let's be honest. It's pathetic to say like, okay, well they need to lose a bunch of games so that they can get this. Okay. Well, if we lose this game, we're going to have a 4.3% chance of whatever in the lottery instead of a 3.2. It's like, is it really that like, it just, uh, it just seems sad to me. And I, I also, I've said this a few times lately, to, to friends or whoever, people that have brought it up. You have Anthony Davis on this team. You have DeMarcus Cousins. You have two guys that are perennial all-stars. You have another guy who made the all-star game in 2013 in Drew Holiday. It's pathetic to sit here and say, like, oh, you got a tank. Like, it should, we should be past that point of, of, of uh, saying that. Isn't it also a little hypocritical for those who want to see DeMarcus Cousins still try to mesh well with his team and see how he plays out in these last 12 games? That if you're sitting people in order to oh, tank, sure. that it's going to be counterproductive? For sure. And again, I go back to my point of there will be a season next year that starts in October. What can you what can you look at from this spring of the way this season ended that you can build upon and say as you evaluate what changes you need to make, as you evaluate how much better you need to be in certain right. areas, you can do that if you if you finish out the season strong or you play the, the guys that you're, right. you're going to play normally. You can't do that if, if you go the other way. Right. What personnel works with Cousins and Davis? Sure. What personnel doesn't? What type of offense works with these two guys? I mean, it's all about trying to tinker with this stuff before the season ends if you're not going to make the playoffs and get as many game reps with these guys as possible. You don't do that when you're sitting people just for the small chance of getting that top three point. Right. And, you know, another thing, quick thing I'll say, too, on the same topic I feel like a lot of the people who are saying this now, like saying this today or yesterday about tanking, are people who haven't been watching lately. Because if you've been watching the last week or two, and I understand there are fans that tune out after they think the season's over or whatever, but if you've watched the games lately, you can't seriously sit there and say, like, it's realistic to think that they're going to lose a bunch of games and be in great position in the lottery. Because, I mean, the way they're playing, it's going the opposite way right now. Yeah. So let's let's put that to rest, and let's talk about this team with 12 games to go. I remember me and you talked last, I believe it was last Saturday when we Pelicans played Charlotte. Was that right? Yeah. yeah. We, there were 17 games to go. Mm -hmm. We talked off the record and said, you know what? If this team wants to be in the conversation for the playoffs down the stretch, I think 13-4 and four is pretty feasible. Or that has to be the goal, I would say. Right. Right now they're 3-1. and one. Still looking good, but still have some ways to go as far as trying to 
getting that conversation. And not only did we we say we have ch- we're chasing Denver, you still have three games against them. Keep in mind Portland, who yeah. has an easier schedule down the road, uh, the easier out of the four between Dallas, us, and the Nuggets. Mm-hmm. You're still two and a half games back of them with one more to go against them, but it's on their turf the last game of the season. Right, and it you know it's a situation where I think one way people can th- look at, look at it and why in a lot of ways Portland is more of a of a concern than Denver right now is if if they had if the Pelicans had three games left with Portland and only one left with Denver to me Denver would be more frightening setting setting right. aside the other things that you mentioned just from the fact that you so so much of it is out of your control right like right now with Portland all the Pelicans can do is beat Portland the last game of the season win the season series but. Between now and then, they have to make up two and a half games to get within one because right now they're three and a half behind them. I know this is getting – I'm getting into the math here a little yeah. bit too much. but, but Makes my head hurt. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, realistically right now, there's there's almost no margin for error. To me, you have to win all the home games. To take one quick step back, the fact that we're still talking about this is 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 as much as people will say like, oh, on ESPN it's less than a 1% chance or whatever. To me, that's a, a positive thing that we're still talking about it because – as you alluded to when we were discussing this, say ten days ago or two yeah. weeks ago, you could have said, you know, by March twenty first, it's going to be over. And I'm so. sure people are still thinking we're nuts for talking about it right. because, I, I mean, they're that. probably saying you work for the team, you know, of course you want to win. But even without the case, you know, I run into people and they're like, oh, you know, we have no chance. But you just never know what's going to happen with this team playing so well that you say the margin of error is very slim, which I agree with you. Who knows if they can put together a string of five, six wins in a row. And not right. only is tonight key, Jim, but this three-game road trip where you faced a gauntlet of Houston, yeah. that Denver team, and Utah. So if you win tonight or three and a half back out, this road trip is the trip for the season. For sure. For sure. And, I mean, to me, again, not not just talking about making the playoffs, but talking about staying in the conversation the three games against Denver to me are pretty much must wins. I don't think you can lose any of right. those games. The game against Portland is a must win. You could say that the game against Dallas is probably a must win because Absolutely. you're trailing them as well. So I mean, that's five of. It, and it, it's a good thing though that you get to play all these teams that are ahead of you. I mean, there's only twelve games left, and five of them are against those three teams. So those I think those are all must wins, and really probably all the home games are must wins. You can't afford yep. to lose at home. Because you're not, you're probably not going to win all of your road games. I mean, let, let's just be realistic here. So you need to, you need to, to win as many at, at home as you can, and then try to get a, a bunch on the road. I always like scoreboard watching too. I think it's fun. You know, oh, if you're chasing the playoffs. I mean, it's so much better than saying the season's over and they're eliminated, and we're, you know, we're just playing for pride right now. Yeah. So no yeah. doubt. All right. Well, I'm glad we kind of we let ourselves vent a little bit, which was good. <laughs> so sure. I'm glad we got to do that, and hopefully, uh, the, we're talking about a Pelicans win tonight against the Grizzlies before they head out west for a big three-game road trip. Jim, I appreciate it, and we'll talk to you tonight after the after the game on the postgame show. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. All right, we'll flip the script. We'll talk Saints next. J.D., John DeShazer will kind of talk about the Saints free agency, how it's gone so far. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Are you ready for a new challenge? Set your goal and go for it with the Smoothie King Change a Meal Challenge. Just change one meal a day with over 20 delicious meal replacement smoothies, all under 400 calories per 20-ounce cup, and sip your way to your goal weight. With flavors like pineapple mango, strawberry blueberry, dark chocolate banana, and more, it's easier than ever to reach for your goal. 
Take the Change a Meal Challenge, only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Take the challenge as part of a low-calorie diet and daily exercise program. Weight loss depends on individual needs. Everything you need to know about your New Orleans Pelicans is right in the palm of your hands. The New Orleans Pelicans app is easy to use, plus makes an excellent companion whether you're watching the team in the Smoothie King Center or on the road. Recently added features on the app include the latest videos and highlights, plus access to a full list of arena amenities. Download the Pelicans app for free now on your iPhone or Android devices. For more information, check out pelicans.com today. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Daniel Sellerson. Welcome back to the show. Time now to talk Saints on this Tuesday. Joining me now from Saints.com, also Pelicans radio analyst, is John DeShazer. J.D., hope all is well, my friend. Uh, all's well. Seems like Saints season never ends, huh? It never ends. Uh, we're in the middle of basketball season in the heart of it, and we are talking football here as a free agency. Obviously, is in full swing uh, for about like a week and a half now, and the Saints have made some moves, reportedly making another one today with Manti Teo. But first, just overall, J.D., what's your sense from the Saints' free agent move so far? Well, it looks like they've been able to address some needs. Uh, specifically, uh, they got a rush in, uh, defensive end Alex Okafor. He came from uh, Arizona, late of Arizona. And so they're hoping to get a rush in to pair with Cam Jordan. Cam Jordan plays left defensive end usually. Uh, they hope to get someone at the right defensive end who can apply some pressure. That does not mean that they probably won't pursue someone in the NFL draft because the draft is heavy without rush ends as well as defensive backs. But they do bolster the position by signing Alex Okafor, let's not forget. He helps because the team at the Bali defensive end is, is gone now as a free agent. So he helps in that regard. Ted Ginn comes in as a wide receiver, and at the time, when Ted Ginn was, was signed or agreed to terms, uh, Brandon Cooks was still on the roster, but Brandon Cooks was then subsequently traded. So now Ted Ginn pretty much can step into that role, you hope, and fulfill some of the duties that Brandon Cooks had on offense as far as stretching the field. Also, as a punt returner, he's been a guy who's been a punt returner in his 10 NFL seasons, so he's been effective there. A.J. Klein, the linebacker, comes over from Carolina, and he might start that middle linebacker. He backed up Luke Keekley in Carolina, played the last six games, or started the last six games for Carolina last season. Remember, Luke Keekley went out with a concussion against the Saints, and so A.J. Klein was the guy who stood in, stepped in in his position, so he probably will step in at middle linebacker. And if he steps in at middle linebacker or at Mike linebacker, and we already have Demel Ellaby at weak side linebacker or will linebacker or the Sam linebacker, if indeed he uh, plays Sam linebacker, probably could be Craig Robertson or maybe they can get Stefan Anthony to step up and assume that position. He tried to get him to step into that position last season. Didn't work out so well. Maybe he'll be able to do it this year. And then, of course, uh, the offensive guard, Larry Warford from Detroit, he comes in to play right guard, and that probably means the end of the Saints career of Jari Evans at right guard. He's been the second most decorated offensive lineman in Saints franchise history behind Willie Ropes, and it looks like this might be the end of Jari Evans. Uh, I don't see him in a, in a backup role, but you know certainly that would be wonderful. Jari Evans probably after last season, starting all 16 games, probably feels like he's still an NFL starter. And he certainly seems to show that after last season. So hopefully he can find a home if it's not with the Saints. We can get the playing time he probably looks for. 
out of all those guys you just mentioned, I know a lot of them are supposed to make an impact right away, but give me one of those guys that I feel like, you know, kind of has to make one right away just for a positional need that is the Saints filled one of those holes. Which which one of those players is like, all right, this guy is going to fill in a need right away that can help the Saints? Well, Warford immediately, Warford immediately to me because it's critical to have a good interior line for Drew Brees. Now, let's, you know, as good as Drew Brees is, when he's functioning the best is when the pressure has been kept out of his face, and that's when he's got an effective center and two guards. Well, we know that Austin, Andrews Pete, I almost said Austin Pete, Andrews Pete, filling in at left guard, looks like he's pretty solid right there. Larry Warford goes in at right guard, so that protects that interior for Drew Brees, and hopefully that will keep this offense running smoothly. And again, a pretty big one, too, because you have to have that vertical threat in the Saints offense. You've got to be able to go down the field, and although Willie Snead and Michael Thomas are probably capable of doing that, Ted Ginn is the proven guy who can get deep, had his best two seasons back-to-back these last, the previous two years with Carolina, with Cam Newton, that quarterback. Cam Newton probably, you know, doesn't throw it as well as Drew Brees does when it turns, in terms of throwing it down the field and that kind of thing. So hopefully this offense will allow Ted Ginn to get open, to stretch the field, to catch the ball deep, and to set things up for the underneath routes. But I think, you know, those two guys probably as much as anything. Now, A.J. Klein might be the guy who sneaks in kind of under the radar because he plays behind Luke Kuechly. Is he ready for a full-time NFL starting position? The Saints are probably thinking that he is. That's why they signed him. So what's left for the, the Saints to fill as far as needs are concerned? And if so, are they still filling that in free agency? Or now do you think they address most of those in the draft? Well, I mean, I think you still need some secondary help. Uh, safety, cornerback, and those, I think, are needs that will be addressed in the draft. Can you get somebody on the free agent market? Probably, but not maybe the front-line guys that you're looking for in terms of maybe starting and playing you know, huge roles in that secondary. And and this is a draft that has been said to be deep in secondary positions. So looks like they'll have to address those areas in the NFL draft. And we'll see how that develops, you know, over the course of time. And they still want to get a rush in. I mean, even though they brought in Alex Okafor, you know, you, you can't have too many guys who can pressure the quarterback. And let's not forget also, they re-signed defensive tackle Nick Fairley. Nick Fairley was second on the team in sacks last year with six and a half behind Cam Jordan, but Nick Fairley gave them a real good you know, guy in that rotation at defensive tackle with Nick Fairley and also with Tyler Davidson and Sheldon Rankin and David Onyemata. So they've got a real nice foursome playing defensive tackle. Nick Fairley, critical in that. He's a guy who can apply pressure. And look, a lot of times, and, and defensive coordinator uh, Dennis Allen said it, if you can apply pressure up the middle, and that might mitigate so much having to have guys on the end because a lot of teams that rack up a lot of sacks are teams that get a lot of pressure up the middle. Nick Fairley is a guy who can do that. We saw Sheldon Rankin who was able to do that with four sacks in only eight games last year. So they've got some interior push now. Hopefully they can get the guys on the rush in. If Alex Okafor is one of those guys, he's shown that he has some of that ability, but certainly they can probably draft another guy there also. Do you feel like Nick Fairley's uh, season last uh, year with the Saints was probably the best of his career? Oh, yes. Statistically, ev- everything points to that. And and here's the thing. you know, The consistency in Nick's career is what has been the concern. Can he put together another such season? All signs say that he should be able to because 
He'll be fresh. He plays in a nice rotation. He can do some of the same things that he did last year. But will he? You know, and people have questioned his desire over the past. People have questioned his work ethic. Uh, the Saints didn't have any qualms about what they saw out of him last season. But hopefully it will carry on because he was a huge, important part of what the Saints did last year. There are reports out there that the Saints are getting close to signing Manti Teo. What does Manti Teo bring to the New Orleans Saints? Well, he's a linebacker, and he's a guy who can move his feet and he can run. He'll get in on some tackles. And if he's able to go out there, maybe he's your strong side linebacker in the future because you know we forget that Craig Robertson and Nate Stupar, two guys who played critical roles at linebacker last year, were actually signed as free agents last year to play special teams more than anything. And they end up having to play in the base defense and in the sub packages because they were pretty good at what they did in terms of being fast and covering and making and getting to the football and making tackles and creating havoc. Those guys but but those guys were brought in primarily to play special teams. So now if you can bring in a man out and if you've already brought in A. J. Klein, you know, maybe you have guys that you feel better about in that base defense because when Craig Robertson and Nate Stupar had to play those prominent positions defensively, that weakened the Saints' special teams. Their core special teams guys, and if they've got to play that many snaps defensively, it takes away from your special teams unit. So maybe if you're able to get Manti Payot, if you're able to keep, you know, obviously you already have A.J. Klein, it helps balance the units out. You're going to have to have some sub guys, and Craig Robertson and Nate Stupar have shown that they are great sub-package players but sub-package players can also play front-line special teams, and they might have been needed more on special teams last year also. So what's next for the New Orleans Saints as far as next month before the draft? Is it primarily just pro days that this team will focus on, and uh, what are you all working on on NewOrleansSaints.com? Yeah, you finish out the pro days. You want to see these guys and see what they look like and make sure that all the measurables and all the, all the no- numbers and notes that you have on them fit exactly what you've seen and and of course you know film is the best barometer of everything you know you want to see you know that the guy on film is the guy that you see in person Uh, in terms of us you know we're going to go to ohio state pro day this week and see some of the buckeyes we're going to go to lsu we're scheduled to go to lsu's pro day and uh you know there's a potential that we might be going to the nfl draft because the draft the Saints have two first round picks so it certainly would be worthwhile if we'll have access to you know, those guys on draft night. So, you know, a pretty busy time right now for for uh, the team and for and for New Orleans Saints Icon. All right, we'll look out for all your work in the, in the past week or so. That's John DeShazer from New Orleans Saints com. J.D., I appreciate the time as always, and uh, time to put your basketball hat on for another home game tomorrow, tonight. I'll, I'll see you then. Yeah, yeah looking, for, looking for five out of six, man. That would be real nice way to finish up the home stand and go on the road. Not about that. All right, when we come back, I'll wrap things up on this Tuesday edition of the Black and Blue. Auctioner believes the best way to predict the future is to invent it. Here, our doctors and staff are changing lives day after day. Every week, I'm operating on babies who are days old with hearts smaller than walnuts. We're giving these kids a life they wouldn't otherwise have a chance to grow up. Sometimes cancer patients come who were told they were out of options, but Auctioner has the most clinical trials in the state. It's amazing to be able to give second chances. We're always a step ahead, even with simple things, like getting you in to see a doctor today versus a week from now, so what you have doesn't become something bigger. It makes a difference. 
Every day, Optioner is creating a better future by looking forward and thinking differently to find life-changing solutions. That's healthcare with peace of mind. Appointments are available today. Call 866-OCTIONER or visit auctioner.org. We all know Saints fans are humble, hardworking, likable, and the most devoted fans in the league. All of that takes energy. The energy you get from a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Saints fans everywhere. Try the delicious Chunky Chicken and Sausage Gumbo. Just visit your local supermarket and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup, the hearty way to fuel your game, and the official soup of the New Orleans Saints. It's family night. You take the wife and kids to a new hibachi restaurant. The flames go up. Your wife's eyebrows get singed off. And Junior leaves with a black eye, thanks to a projectile shrimp. But it doesn't have to be this way. Win the night with the New Orleans Pelicans, facing off against the Chicago Bulls Sunday, April 2nd, with free mini basketballs for the first 3,000 kids. Visit pelicans.com for tickets and win the night. Follow us on Twitter at BlackBlueReport. All right, time to wrap things up here from Studio B. Big thanks to Jim Eikenhofer from Pelicans.com and John DeShazer from NewOrleansSaints.com. JD will be on the call with Sean Kelly tonight on 99.5 WRNO and the Pelicans Radio Network. I'll have Pelicans warm-up for you starting at 6.30. Join me outside the team shop inside the Northeast Atrium of the Smoothie King Center. Where we'll get you ready for Pelicans and Grizz starting at 6.30. And then Sean and JD again had the call at 7. On the television side, Joel Myers, David Wesley, and Jen Hale. We'll have you covered on Fox Sports New Orleans starting at 6.30, and then we'll have David on the Black and Blue Report tomorrow, hopefully talking about a Pelicans win, and we'll get you ready for the last 11 games of the season. Hard to believe that there'll be only 11 games left after tonight. Make sure you come out to the Smoothie King Center and uh, support this team tonight as they wrap up a three-game homestand and a chance to sweep the three-game homestand. So should be an exciting one and a good game between the Pelicans and the Grizzlies. On the Saints side, we'll hear from Deuce McAllister, Saints radio analyst and also former running back for the New Orleans Saints. Deuce will be on tomorrow to kind of recap the Saints free agency and look ahead to the draft and much more. So a great show for you tomorrow, and we thank you for joining us on today's show. All right, until then, I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans, the Black and Blue Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report, presented by ABC Insurance Agencies, a better choice for insurance. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at noon central or at your convenience exclusively online at pelicans.com and neworleansaints.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.